Hi, and welcome to the Fine Wine Confidential Podcast, where we explore the history of Virginia wine growing during the past 40 years. This is Fred Reno, your host. I will tell a story of amazing growth in wine quality that's being produced here in Virginia through interviews with prominent winery owners, winemakers, and viticulturists. In their own words, you will hear about the challenges they faced and the vision behind their commitment to wine growing. Then you will see why Virginia is, in my opinion, the most exciting wine-growing state in the country. Get ready to pique your curiosity, eventually your palate, by tasting some of Virginia's finest at your earliest opportunity. Greetings and welcome to Episode 2 of the Fine Wine Confidential Podcast. My guest today is Gabriele Rossi, who the New York Times called the father of modern-day Virginia wine industry, and for good reason. In the first part of my interview, Gabriele describes the early beginnings of what is a 44-year journey for him in wine-growing and propagating plants. He recounts how he came to Virginia to help the Zonin family establish Barbersville Vineyards and make his significant contribution to the growth and quality Virginia wine growing ever since. I sat down with him at his winery in the Monticello AVA in central Virginia on an early August day just before the 2020 harvest. Gabrielli, welcome. So thank you for taking some time this morning. So I did a little bit of research here trying to get some perspective. I understand you were in Australia, but your story on wine growing and making must predate that. So tell me how you got into this industry and this business. Well, uh, I would say I fell in love with uh, dealing with uh, Mother Nature and plants uh, when I was a kid because even if uh, my father was managing a wooden mill, we had two little farms. Uh, with two families living there and they were producing you know vegetable fruit they were making one farm was making wine the other one was bringing the wine to a cup and then we were going to get the wine from there so I think I really fell in love with all this thing when I was very young uh, I, uh, I fell in love also with propagation because uh, we had some greenhouses which were rented and when the person who rented them uh, decide to leave uh, my father hired somebody but I was 15 years old and he wanted me to go there and check what was going on so that's when I fell in love with propagation of plants mm. and then the things kept going and I assure you that when I went to university and uh, my father wanted me to study law uh, I went to Milano to uh, you know, put oh, my wow. name down for the thing and uh, when he came back, he said, so, what did you do? Well, I said, I went uh, to the law office uh, at the university, and there were uh, 300 people in la- online in front of the <laughs> team. And uh, I went to the agricultural sciences, uh, and there was not a soul there. So I said, I'm going to choose agricultural sciences. And my father said, that's fine, but you will be poor all your life, uh, and you might have a hard time to find a wife. But... <laughs> I decided to go in the direction that I like to do. And, you know, when I graduated, I 
when I went to the military service first, but I couldn't stay put, so I found myself a job in Rhodesia. Oh, when wow. my father found out, he said, my God, not in a dictatorship in Africa. Wow. I will find you a job wherever you want. So he found me a job in Australia because he was in the wool business. Oh. Right? So he had connection with Australia. And so that when I went to Australia, I, went, I, love, I, mean, I love the place. I work in six different farms. And then I applied for a job at the University of Melbourne as plant pathologist. And I got the job. And uh, when they look at my visa, they said, listen, better you go to Italy and apply for the proper visa because uh, this one looks like you try to come in and sneak in, right? So if you go to Italy, we'll take, you know, a week to get the visa. If you do it from here, it will take forever. Oh, I see. So I went back to Italy. It took me two weeks to go to the consulate in Milano. And when I got there, they told me, you are two days too late because the laborists took over. And every time they take over, they stop immigration. So it might take a year and a half, two years to get your visa, but don't worry, you will get it. You know, the job you have been, you know, mm-hmm. uh, offered is very good, uh, and so you will get your visa. Just be patient. So I couldn't stay put, uh, and I got myself a job in France, uh, and I work in this uh, uh, nursery uh, south of Paris, and uh, they were mainly propagating roses and selling also cut flower. Uh, in Paris, and uh, I was there for almost a year when my father wrote me a letter and said, you know, if you want to go back to Australia, you should improve your English, not your French. There is the possibility of going to Virginia to plant a vineyard. Would you like to do it? Wow. And I said, I would love to do it as long as we agreed that when I get the visa to go to Australia, this is not a hard feeling. I mean, I will do what I can, and then when I get the visa, I want to go to Australia. So... I met actually with uh, Gianni Zonin, you know, mm-hmm. the owner of Babusville, and we talked about it and said, listen, I want to start. Don't worry about what happened when you get the visa. I want somebody to start. And uh, so I agreed to come over here. He put me to work on his winery in uh, Cabolani, the one near uh, Yugoslavia, uh, for a few months, uh, and, uh, and vineyard also. And then he brought me over here. Had you been making wine during this period prior to that? No, I studied enology. That's what I thought. Okay. I studied enology. I was bottling wine when I was little because we were getting the wine from the thing. So I was playing with it. I was not studying enology or wine making. Yeah, when I went to university, right. I studied. I also got a good, uh, a good uh, thirty on thirty on enology. But <laughs> so this was in. 1976, is that I came here April 1076, right? At Barbersville. And, and I see where they had hedged their bets because they were having cattle and farming and everything else on the, as well as vineyard to start. They yeah. had a business partner, correct? Uh, yeah, well, they, yeah, <laughs> well, that's another interesting that didn't, story. That didn't last very long, didn't no, look like that? Well, you know, uh, one of the business, business partners was the Count Bragarosa, and he told Zonin, I will put some money on the on this adventure if you hire Gabriele as a, a person in charge, because uh, my grandfather was in charge of his property and his business, so he said, I will trust him, I would trust him. Oh, I see, okay. So there is all this story behind. I got it. But uh, uh, the beautiful thing, I would say, was this one. 
because when I came here, Gianni Zonin sent over to help me the best people he had, right? And I tell you where the best people. The best people were the guy who started to work in the winery when he was 13 years old, the guy who started to propagate vines when he was 12 years old, wow. all people who started when they were kids and they were all wonderful people. So I give the merit to him for starting the right way, you know, to hire a winemaker who started to make wine when he was 30 years old. Might be all right, but it's better to hire one who started to make wine when he was 12 years old, fell in love with winemaking, and then eventually got your diploma. So I see that your first um, vines and grafts failed, and then you went to California, and something happened there that made you realize, oh, okay, this yeah. is... We because vines were purchased, right? They were purchased... Uh, from a place, I don't remember the name now, in Maryland, and they end up to be a disaster. We lost 50%, right? I see. And so when my boss asked me what happened, I said the, the grafts were very fragile, you know. Sometimes they broke when we were planting, right? So he said, should we start to graft our own? And I said, to me, it will make sense. So the following year, uh, well, first we went to California to find a rooster because we couldn't find the rooster we wanted, right? And so that was very interesting because UC Davis said, yeah, there is a guy who grows those rootstock. Nobody wants them, so if you go to see him, he will send them all to you, right? So this was in the uh, Zuckerman and Ma Mandeville Highland. Mandeville Highland, Zuckerman and Mandeville was the company, right? Wow. And the guy was so happy, said, yeah, I start to propagate this rootstock, nobody wants them. SO4, K5BB, 3309. So they were all rootstock which were discarded in America, right? And to me it was interesting when in California there was this crisis, I don't know when, 20 years ago, because the rootstock was not good anymore. Right. AX, AX1, AXR1, right? And I remember, you know, people calling me and they said, well, you know, AXR1 is not resistant to phylloxera, it's resistant to nematodes and maybe to other things. But that's why when I came here, I started to use rootstock resistant to phylloxera, right? So everybody got excited about it. was very, very interesting, the old, the old picture, you know, of what happened and how, how things changed, right? What, and what, what was the first vintage at Barbersville, commercial vintage of wine that you made? Okay. The first commercial was 1979. Because in 78, uh, I made like 500 bottles of wine and... Uh, Doreen said, well, you can drink them yourself or give them to your friend. And actually, my wife was very kind to make the label, you know, by hand uh -huh. with the name of my friend, right? Who were my friend? The plumber, the carpenter. <laughs> I didn't know anybody, right? So, so it was beautiful because uh, I, I gave them the bottle, you know, and I gave you because you were the carpenter, the bottle of my wine and after two weeks uh, your cousin invited me for dinner and the bottle I gave to you it is in your cousin house and after a month uh, somebody invited me for dinner the bottle I gave to you and you gave to your cousin is on somebody else's house and I remember telling Zonin we made 500 bottles they will keep going around nobody will ever open I think we are done oh my god, <laughs> that's, what I, god. that's what I told him so but uh, 79 was the first, uh, you know, official detention. An interesting, you know, experience because I remember that to get in touch with the distributor in Charlottesville, 
which was Kirtley, I think was the name. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, because JWC gave up, Terry C gave up, so Kirtley became the distributor. And I brought him, you know, 15 cases of wine, and after a couple of months, uh, Doreen called me and said, so do you know how the sale uh, are going? Do you know what's happening? I said, no, I never heard from him anymore. Well, why don't you go to talk to him? So I go there, right, and uh, I asked the secretary, said, can I talk to Mr. Kurt? He said, sure. I said, give me 10 minutes, I'll find him. Okay. And then he come out and he said, what do you need? <laughs> well, I was wondering if uh, you were successful in selling the wine that, uh, you know, I brought you, you know, few months ago and uh, and uh, I wanted to know which variety was doing better, whatever. Huh. He said, yeah, I remember. He said, uh, let's go to the warehouse, right? So we go to the warehouse and he look around. Oh, here it is. Look, 15 cases. That's what I brought you. 15 they cases. hadn't even opened They're it. They're still there. Well, he said, he's from Virginia. So. <laughs> what were the varietals at that time? What were the wines okay, that you made? The first wine I planted were Merlot. Gabriel Sauvignon, Chardonnay, and Riesling. Okay. And of course, you understand that uh, I started with variety which were popular, right? Right. What do you want to, you know? It's interesting how Virginia went in 10,000 directions now, and you find all kind of variety planted. But the beginning, I planted those not because uh, I was hoping that they were doing better than others, because I knew that commercially those were the variety which would have been recognized. You left. Barbersville in, in 84, is that accurate? Physically. You left Barbersville in, in 84, is that accurate? Physically, I left in 81. Oh, okay. But I stayed there to run it uh, for... Uh, A number of years. Until Luca came. <laughs> oh, till Luca came, okay. Yeah, yeah. All I right. mean, I think there were 13 people... Between me and Luca. There was a whole yeah, project. Yeah. And so I was always, you know, taking care of it and running it. And, uh, of course, Zonin was always hoping me to come back, right? But my wife didn't want to go back, right? And so, eventually, when Luca took over, you know, the thing changed because he was really very enthusiastic about the whole project. Uh, he spoke English because that was the issue also with other people coming before we didn't speak the language, right? Okay. So. Zonin wanted to be sure to be able to communicate with them. So they were Italian who didn't speak much English, right? right? So that was definitely a problem, you know? And when Luca came, because he had spent some time in the United States already, he was speaking English pretty good, and he was Italian. So that did work out perfectly for Gianni. Yeah. So then when you started, well, how did you end up, it says you planted some grapes or vineyard, I'm sorry, vines for what were show in 1984 at Monticello? Uh -huh, yeah. How did uh, that come to be? Well, that uh, happened because uh, the manager of the garden and ground in Monticello was just living, you know, 500 yards from from, from uh, Jefferson Vineyard. Okay. Vineyard, right? So, of course, I was running to him in the little store that my wife was running the little store, what is it called now? Simeon is called Simeon, Simeon right? Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and so that's how we were, you know, running into each other. I was going to see my wife, and he was there buying something. And so he was excited about the possibility of me, you know, propagating some vine that Jefferson planted because he couldn't find a variety, right? Mm -hmm. they were, most of them were very strange variety. And so 
uh, I say, well, I can ask UC Davis if they had them, and out of 24, they had 20 of them, right? So I said, I'd be happy to grab them, right? And uh, I remember this uh, guy who helped me to graph, Fred G. News, and then he just passed away a couple of months ago, right? A wonderful person, very excited about the thing. So we start to graft all this, uh, you know, variety in 1983. We planted it in 1984. And the, the beautiful thing which happened is that when they start to produce grapes, uh, you know, the manager of, at Monticello said, I want you to make wine out of the grapes. I said, I cannot blend 20 varieties of grapes and make one. <laughs> so uh, we end up to plant some Sangiovese on another little vineyard, right? which was still part of the vineyard that Jefferson planted. I said, let's focus on a variety that Jefferson had is not popular here. Let's plant Sangiovese, and then I can blend some of the other varieties with Sangiovese. Mamolo Toscano will go with it. So we went in the direction of planting the Sangiovese. Uh, I made a white wine, actually, with the old vineyard, blending all the white varieties in, right? Oh, yeah? I still have some bottles. I have to dig them <laughs> Wow. Up. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then eventually, when we started to be serious about we started with the Sangiovese. Had you started Simeon Vineyard at that point with the oh, Woodward yeah. family? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Simeon Vineyard, I started in 81. First of all, because... Uh, <laughs> this is an interesting... Uh, the owner liked wine, right? He, he was uh, a former ambassador to Canada. Uh, he was uh, whatever. He was in politics and things like that, so parties all the time, right? And he did me a favor of hiring me because one of the people living at Simeon Farm was Mario di Valmarana. Do you know who was Mario di Valmarana? I don't believe so. He died now, but he was the owner of the rotonda designed by Palladio in Italy, the original rotonda. Oh, wow. Him with his brother, right? But the owner of the rotonda. But he was at UVA teaching history of architecture, right? I see. So he's the one who got me there. Actually, he's also the person who got in got me in Virginia when Zonin planted because he knew Zonin, he knew the Count Bragarosa, he knew all these people. So he's the one who said, well, you know, I think it might be a good idea to plant a vineyard in Virginia. His wife, who's still alive, was growing all kinds of flower from Europe, right, from Italy, right? And so he said, if the flower works, also the grape might work, right? So okay. look who is behind that thing, right? <laughs> uh, I planted just an acre of grapes at Simeon okay. Vineyard because the owner said, I want you to make wine only for me. I don't want to go commercial or anything, right? So it's funny because his wife died in 85, I think, and he said, well, if you want to plant more grapes now, you know, and go and go in the direction of selling grapes, you know, I let you do it. My wife is not around anymore. She was the one who didn't want to go in that direction. And I said, well, you know, we could even start a winery. Well, I don't know, but you, I let you plant more grapes. So I planted more grapes. And then Mario di Valmarano was there. I said, why don't we do also a winery? So he designed the winery there, right? Oh, okay. The one at uh, Jackson Vineyard. And, uh, and so I started to make wine there, right? And uh, they didn't want to open to the public. So the beginning, you know, was a little bit uh, difficult if you want, but eventually 
he decided to let me go and open to the public and start a testing room. And it was beautiful because uh, my children were so involved in to the thing because that was the, how do you say, pastime every day, okay. the, the, the toy every day. I remember my son, the youngest one, three years old, coming to the testing room with 15 people, you know, waiting to test it and asking, does anybody want a tour of the winery? And so somebody said, well, can you do it? Yes, he can do it. Okay, we go there, right? <laughs> Three-year-old son. <laughs> Three years old, he was taking them through, and then they were coming back. He answered to every question he had. Oh, my I God. I love it. That's <laughs> I terrific. Love it. That's I love it, terrific. you know, because when somebody starts to do the job when they're little, then they will do it very well when they grow up. What was the first commercial vineyard of Vintage at Simeon, which became Jefferson Vineyards eventually? The first commercial vineyard, uh, let me think about, I would say was... Uh, uh, 87, I would say. Okay. I can check and find I'm out. I'm just what curious when yeah. you started making Korean. Yeah, 87, and, yeah. And then you left Simeon Vineyard in 95, is that? Yeah, April 1st, 95. If I could ask, why did you leave? What, what, what? You can ask, I don't know if I can ask. Okay, then you <laughs> cannot answer that, fine. Well, uh, in 92, the owner died. Oh, I and see. And the son came in with a French wife which was very aggressive, you know, she said, I want to tell you what to do in this farm, because uh, my oh. grandfather was uh, a farmer, so I know what to do. And I answered to her, everybody grandfather was a farmer, because there was nothing else. <laughs> well, I get the picture, okay? You get the picture. I've seen that movie before. <laughs> well, folks, you can see Gabrielli Rossi is quite the character. I really enjoyed that first part of that interview with Gabrielli. In the second part, he will tell you how he was offered a job at Monticello, what that entailed, and then he has some very funny stories and some really interesting historical perspective on Thomas Jefferson and some of the early founders. That episode will be published in the upcoming days. Stay tuned. <music> The music at Fine Wine Confidential Podcast by Jason Shaw at audionautics.com from his copyrighted song Acoustic Shuffle under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. I hope you enjoyed the show.